brothers and sisters, we are here tonight to fight the devil. Do you hear that playing? Yes, I hear that playing. Do you know who's playing? No, who is that playing? Cardi B. What did you ask me? I didn't. Yes, you did. I said, what were the jugs? What did you think they God, were? Why are we recreating this? Because I'm fake. This is inauthentic. But what did you... We're not what recreating, I'm just rejogging the memory of the okay. conversation. Okay, there's two jugs. I'm pulsating the conversation. There are two jugs in Theo's room. Mm-hmm. In a very... They are not squared away. They are quite prominent. That's actually true. When you walk in, you do see them. They're kind of scary. Yeah, they, they look very malicious. Well, what did you think they were for? I don't know. Okay. I saw like, this TikTok where this girl was cleaning her brother's or someone's awful room in the basement and there was like 100 <laughs> piss bottles. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Why? What about that do you that's love? That's so funny. I don't know why. I'm not about like kink shaming, but like that's disgusting. Was that a, was it a kink thing or is he just lazy? Who knows what it I was. I love like gamers who can't take care of themselves. Oh. Like I love them and love I, I think they love me. Love is such a strong... Powerful well, part. love is a very fickle thing. <laughs> you don't say. Well, did you? How did you think about my um? Well, I as soon as I got in here, I texted Tasha, like I'm on the set of the correspondence. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know I haven't even seen it. Yeah. I have no idea what it even looks like. Really? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of like superimposed um <laughs> pictures of your dad, your oh. on-screen dad. Is it bad? <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad, but it was very, very sad, especially because it followed another sad thing. So oh, I so think people were very sad. overwhelmed by how sad the first two. Right. What, was the, the first, first one two. like the Ontakan? Was that called Ontakan? Was it about the 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 two gays? guys, the gays yeah. over Zoom, and then you know one of the gays I have had a crush on. That He's man. so hot. Yes. Is he queer? No! I'm, oh my I'm god, very, I was I'm like, sure I bet he's, he's queer. I bet he's queer. I, was, I, I looked mean, at him and I was like... I really don't know. If he's not, I would be filled with so much joy yeah. about the hope. What's his... Okay, I'm moment. not gonna... Whatever. But We're he was really hot. Him. He I is! Thought, he was insane. <laughs> he was just like, whoa. But I was sitting on the side, like, so of the stage, because they faced in two different directions, and I faced the yeah. other side. Of, I didn't face him, I faced the other guy, so okay. that was such a shame. Oh, but well, I mean, the other guy is cute as well. Justice yeah, in for his the own way. Justice for the other guy in his own way. That's just rude. That's just straight up rude. Like, oh, you're hot in your own way. Yeah, that's just yeah, rude. that is straight up rude. No, but that other guy was like really hot. This guy, I pay him no mind, but no. Let's focus. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not let's not wade into dangerous let's, territory with this other guy. Let's remove him from the equation. I feel like you're so close to the microphone, like you're dominating. Do you want to the audio? Can we sit on we the cannot seat? both sit on the Why hammock. Not? It'll break. Where was the hammock in your play? Uh, it was it was it was taken off. I think. Did you have to take off like certain things off your wall? No, I didn't. They kept it largely the same. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did they bring you the bed sheet? Yes. I was wondering about that. I was Why? like, "That's no, that's not a the that's not Theo's style. There's no way he has that gray bed sheet. That's not your style. No, that's also true. It isn't my style. That's Hal's style. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, at least you know his name. So, okay. Yeah, so, Choi. superimpositions, were they strange? Um, I was more like, whoa, okay. this guy does not look like your dad. Oh, that's Have fair. you seen him? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He I doesn't look like your dad. No, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creative license and all. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it long? I don't even know how long it is. I it's... don't remember. It felt long. Oh, God. That's not a good thing. But that's just because, like, it was just really sad and there were a lot of pauses, you know? Because there wasn't that much There's not a lot dialogue. of dialogue. It's yeah. true. That's why it felt... Like, to me, that's why it felt long. But it was just really sad. Yeah. Um, and it followed the, the gaze. It, and they're also sad. That was really sad. I started sobbing. Like, oh my god! I was you started like, sobbing. Yeah, I cried at the end. I oh, felt I'm probably like, gonna cry too. Then, I mean, I'm just particularly like sad recently, or just no, no, in no. General. I'm just very prone to cry. Oh, you're just an emotional. I can cry, cry at a lot. You're of the things. best audience member. We have so much to discuss. So moving right on past the film, which I'm going oh, to see and tonight. The third one was really good as well. Oh, what is that? The ghost one. I okay. I actually left after the third one. I forgot okay. that I left, but I, cause like the the intermission and like it already went past schedule. And oh really? I was like, I really wanted a fag. Yeah. But I didn't even get one. Oh. I was like, okay. Then what is the third show. one? It was about um, Gita. And oh, the cooking show the one. The cooking show one. That was yeah. really good. She was really good. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. In general. I was a bit worried, you know, sending people to things. I'm not really sure whether they'll like <laughs> oh, it or yeah, not. Oh, yeah, and I saw your comment. <laughs> oh, yeah. How many? Who was? How many of them? The who guy was there? who wore the Parks and Rec t-shirt. Oh, and then I think there was the little boy. Yeah, okay, okay. So there was <laughs> the, the three boy. of them. Aww. But they, the, the little boy did not sit with them. Oh, maybe he booked tickets separately. Yeah, yeah. The little boy. I don't really know. He seems a bit little. He's very little, yeah. yeah. You like your little boys. Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Glenn. <laughs> Who is Glenn? Glenn. Like, Ghislaine, who is Gillen? Ghislaine Maxwell. Who is that? Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. I don't know. You know nothing about Jeffrey Epstein? No. That's how you know we haven't hung out in a long time. Because, like, I cannot stop listening to a podcast about Jeffrey Epstein. Like, it's really bad. I've what become fuck? really paranoid oh my of god. the world. Oh my god. I think that's a sub- subliminal effect of listening to Jeffrey okay. Epstein content. Is I mean, yeah, that's how I feel when I listen. Okay, not paranoia, but I also feel very depressed about the world when I listen to Red Scare. (laughs) So who is Gillian Epstein? What's her relevant... Gillian. What's your your obsession with her? Um, And how does it relate to you loving little uh, boys? Oh, because she helped traffic the... Oh, God. The young girls for Jeffrey Epstein. Then you accused me of liking little boys. Not a revisit of the ominous child pornography take (laughs) from episode one. Children of the porn. Which which my friend recently reminded me of because she listened to the first episode and she said, I can't believe you left it on... Left us hanging on child pornography. What did we say? I don't I think you introduced a point and then I asked you to explain and you refused to explain. What did I? I think you said it's like okay, it's okay or something like no that. No way. Yes, I think no so. Way. But it's really not. No way. Virtue signal. This no is a way. virtue signal. This is a virtue signal. Virtual signal. Oh my gosh! I had a dream last night that I could sing like a bird, but no one cared. I sang so well, and no one gave a shit. Do birds sing very well? Yeah. Like, you sing like a canary. You've heard that phrase. No, I don't think birds sing very well. I don't think that's a good thing to tell anyone. Well, I sang really fantastic. I was All right. just... And nobody cared. And Where nobody were you singing? Cared. 
not like on stage. Okay. Like in a group. Empty Maybe stages. we were just singing as a group. Choirs? Karaoke? It was possibly karaoke. Possibly. Do you think you could karaoke. become like one of those like karaoke girls in a Chinese sleazy lounge? For sure. Definitely. I really can see you in like a tiny little bikini <laughs> with your number tag. What number would you ask for? I didn't- what num- because they all have numbers, oh, right? I've never seen this. Yeah, and then you I'm hold up like a like a then you like point out which number you I'd want. I'd like to be in a Korean. What number karaoke. though? I didn't know there were numbers. Yes, every now. girl gets a number or guy if you go to a gay version in Thailand. How how many numbers are there? Any number you Can want. Can I pick like negative twelve? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I I want to fuck negative twelve. <laughs> I want to buy negative twelve a drink. A drink. How do you say negative twelve in Korean? I don't know. That's the hard part. I've never spoken Korean. I've never. I. I never seen two pretty best friends. Korean. Pretty Korean girls. I don't speak Liberian. I went to Jurong Bird Park, and the minute I got there, the heavens parted. Oh. And wait, today there was a thunderstorm. You were she there today? No, I was there like a few days ago. It's oh, been okay. thundering all. Where week. were you before this? I sat in your room for. for a oh yes, I was at the substation getting oh, a nice okay. cup of chai and complaining to other artsy folks about um, having people in my collective who disagree with me because I'm a control freak and a maniac and I hate having people disagree with me. So who did you meet at the the substation? I went to talk. So this guy is operating like his own coffee joint out of the box office. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like a residency. Yeah. And it's like, pay as you wish. Yeah, the guy that we went to see. Yeah. So I went to talk to him about it. Specifically, did you warn him you were coming? No, I just went down and he's the kind of person who is like, you want to talk? Like, you talk to him, like, he just asks you how you are. He's, I have, I don't even know this guy very well. I've just how been... How long did you talk to him for? Like, 30, 40 minutes. That's good. That's, like, therapy, kind of. Yeah, I know. He's so nice, though, and so smart. And then we talked about the substation as a space and about space in Singapore and how ludicrous the statement of, like, Singapore space is very limited, so we need to be very smart about the ways that we use it is because of how badly people use the space that they are given. For example? I'm speaking within, like, the arts, right? So, like... Right. A theater company with its own building, Mm -hmm. like Theater Works or Singapore Repertory Theater Mm -hmm. or Wild Rice or a lot of theater companies have their own buildings. Mm -hmm. And I just do not believe that 365 days a year they are doing their own programming in those buildings. Does that make sense to you? Like you mean they're letting other people use it or they're... I don't think think anything is happening in those spaces. Okay, At least nothing public-facing, outwards-facing. Mm. Not even public, because I'm, like, somewhat plugged into the scene, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't hear about anything that goes on. And mm-hmm. so they, like, do, like, three or four shows a year. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck Shadow are you doing for the rest of the time? Meetings. You know, it's just a real damn shame. Southeast Asian cabal. I don't even know what you're saying. You're just putting <laughs> words together. <laughs> so I went to talk because... Uh-huh. The collective has come to a parting of the minds and the roads of the officially? minds. You not just officially. launched the Instagram. People oh. are not comfortable with... Some people are not comfortable with an outwards facing presence. What does that even mean? Like, they don't like that we have an Instagram. They don't like that we're trying to get our name out there mm. before we're finished writing plays. Mm. But in my head, you have to do these things concurrently. Or you will get to the end of one phase and then 
wait and spend a lot of time thinking about what to do with the next phase. Whereas if you just start thinking about it a month or two earlier, you can set things in motion, mm -hmm. which is useful when you are not underneath any under institution or umbrella and have no funding and no support. Mm -hmm. When you're supporting yourself, you need to think ahead. Mm -hmm. And one person essentially wants the collective to remain as a perpetual writers group for them in which nothing ever is developed further than weekly meetings. The rat guy. The rat? The Parks and Rec guy. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it's all over text, right? So yeah. I'm like particularly conscious about the fact that I am definitely misinterpreting tone and I'm definitely getting very upset and very angry over text, which is ridiculous. And we're going to meet in Monday and have this conversation in person. I'm just like really surprised that they are insinuating that this group was like positioned to them as only informal because I, I started the group and that was never ever my plan to like keep it informal. Mm -hmm. From the beginning I've mentioned scaling up, expanding, doing more, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't see why we can't do both. And I don't see why we can't start putting things in motion now because I think if we don't set ourselves a deadline, if we don't put some kind of pressure, nothing will happen. If you're not working towards anything, what's the point? Mm -hmm. People find it hard to find motivation within themselves. I find it hard to find motivation. I'm not working towards anything. I'm like, well, there's no urgency. You know, this play, I can write it for the next five years. I have a, you know, for the people in my group, they have jobs. Why do they need to care? But it's like, mm -hmm. no, because let's do something with this. So it's a bit frustrating, I guess. How do you manage people's wants from a group? And how do you balance it and make them feel included? And also like create the kind of organization that you want to create, like not a horrible corporate classic one, but also when it comes to situations like this, it gets to a point where you're like, what do I do now? I don't know. What so do you people think? People go to business school to figure these questions out. I and know. that was a joke. <laughs> I know. Artists are really difficult. Like, you can't kick them out. You can't ask them to leave. But it's also like, why do we need to get to this point where it's like bashing, you know, where it's like conflict? Doesn't need to be conflict. Oh, I, I, got, I, did, I got deferred from Harvard. Hey, that's really good. No. Yeah, deferred is good. No. That means you haven't been rejected, right? Yes. Oh, does everyone get deferred? Only 900 people got rejected. Okay, so I'm that's, not one of those 900 yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But now I go up against like 60,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. people. But that's, that's better than... It's better than yeah, rejection. So in a way, it's a win. In a way, it's a win. In that's a way, true. I got rejected, though, from Carnegie Mellon and Juilliard. Sorry. I know it broke my heart a little bit immediately after I was like theater's not for me <laughs> literally it was really weird Sorry. that night I thought a lot about what happens when dreams are given up and obviously not the big picture dream an angel dies that's what happens probably but you know just like you know I'm sure you've had things that from childhood you've wanted and they've not necessarily come up to the surface, but underneath they're bubbling. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure there's, like, things that we all wish for and want and imagine for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I guess it just 
it's a special kind of pain, a soft sort of pain, mm-hmm. to accept when the light of that dream is snuffed out, of that one specific dream. So yeah, I've been thinking about that. But you know what? I'm totally. I'm actually going to be okay because I have other things going for me. Of course. And I'm lucky to have other things going for me. Yeah, and and the pain you feel now, you won't recognize it with time, definitely. And this is not the last shot, MFA maybe. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I was talking to some people, my director for the correspondence, and she said, she was like, maybe don't go to acting school now. I I kind of want, I I wish that I didn't go straight into my drama degree. I wish I had a general degree. Mm -hmm. Wink, wink. That's a reference to the script, but you weren't paying attention. No, 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 definitely. You chose to was going on like why were you okay never mind no no it's okay like be honest what was what was the the mess i didn't really understand the first of all why was it called the correspondence who's he corresponding to his father oh okay but i think it's important to note that the play started out as like digital theater whereas in you like logged onto a website and it was kind of like framed as a repository of the son's memories and thoughts and ideas. And so each place that you clicked on the website, you got different access to different fragments. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have the budget or I guess the know-how to execute that. So they turned it into a short film. So I think things are lost when you streamline a narrative that's meant to be accessed separately mm-hmm. and independently by the by the audience so was the messaging like you don't like your parents dreams can become your own like through your love for them like i didn't really you know what baby i wish i could tell you (laughs) i'm just a dumb actor i'm i'm not the playwright i or the director they're replaceable i think that we focused more on grief and the relationship with the death of a loved one and how to reconcile your feelings that you haven't been able to say what you wanted to say. You haven't been able to do what you wanted to do, have the relationship that you envisioned or wanted or dreamed of or could have seen happening. And I guess it's like we try to deal more with the regret that comes along with that. I also didn't really understand why exactly Hal chooses to go into psychology. But also I don't think... I guess, like, I don't know. There are realities of producing theater. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, like, they just didn't have enough time to shoot or film all of that. And from its conception, it was a digital play, short film. And so I guess that's limited. I'm assuming the other one is longer. The first one. The one that's live. The I Zoom. don't know. I, I didn't really keep you track. Have no, you have, have no, no concept, concept of yeah. time. But, yeah, I guess maybe if it was in person, if it was longer, or, it re- like, or done in its original... Mm-hmm. vision i think it's hard when things get changed and the playwright's intention might get bungled and it's mm-hmm. hard also she was basically writing a screenplay from a stage play which is difficult yeah, you know definitely. yeah that but, was the first prize winner yes, yes yeah i think um i liked acting but i don't i don't think it was trying to make a message about uh-huh. uh the like the path that you have in the future. I think that was a, maybe a little bit of a red herring. I think, am I using that right? No, I think, I think. I think I'm using it I think it you're right. using it right. As in like, it was a plot point that was not addressed properly. 
or fully. I th- that, like, in the end, it didn't even really matter. It was about processing. It was, yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I understood that, but I was like, I was kind of like, I don't know. I think I didn't the- really, I felt like I didn't get the explanation that people mm. were expecting. And that's okay. I think, like, the reason, the inclusion of those memories, of those voice recordings, of those arguments is to portray how ugly their relationship was and how much resentment there is in it. Because it really is how reminiscing over and reflecting on his relationship. So he's remembering all of these things, right? He's in his his room the night before the funeral and he's remembering all of these things. He's drawing a flower. I love that part where you draw a flower and then have a freak out. Yeah. And then you're like, I didn't get to Cal Arts. And then I just imagine you submitting that flower. And you see, like, I'm not artist. a visual artist. I know. I thought, was, I thought that was really cute. I don't want to watch myself, actually. I'm really a bit... I don't know if I want to watch myself. I kind of would rather, like... Now that I thought about it, I went to talk to my friend who was in a film recently as well that screened at... Um, Singapore International Film Festival. SGF. Oh. SGF. Um, and they said they were relieved that the in-person screening sold out before they got tickets for it because they didn't want to attend something in person. And I actually uh-huh. really get that because I don't mind all my friends going, but I'd really like rather like sit at home, open my laptop and watch this thing. And if like, if it turns out well... Mm-hmm. That's great. And if it doesn't, I'll be like, okay, at least I don't have to, like, talk to people afterwards about whether they liked it or not. But, yeah. The Red Scare Girls and their merchandise. What's the drama? I don't... I feel me hid. Um, they did offensive merch where they kind of did a parody of the uni- the MAGA bombers. So, like, two years ago, there was a MAGA bomber who sent fake bombs to different democratic offices and one of them was like an ISIS bomb but upon closer look it was just like you know the Arabic font (laughs) and then it said like get her done you know so the Red Scare Girls like when that happened they made a parody of that ISIS logo which said get her done and then they put Red Scare get her done and then they did it they re-released the merch because people were clamoring for it and then the site went down because I think too many people, or like people were reporting it because they were like, this is really offensive. Oh my God. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so it was unclear for a week whether they would be sending it out, but they are. Because it's like, in my mind, like this was like, okay, I would never wear this in public for, because like in this political climate or any political climate, like that's just, because I was like, oh my gosh, like I think this is kind of funny. Because but, yeah, that's valid. That's yeah. I mean, okay, uh, valid. That's I thought it was understandable. Clever, in that's a way. understandable, and I'm not. I don't know. I don't think that discourse. I don't know. I I've been wondering recently. Like, is it okay that like sometimes discourse sways my opinion and my actions? Like, is that okay? Like, if you no, had heard all that discourse, okay. would if you I buy heard it? it Probably. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think, um, yeah, I think it scratched that itch that made me upset with, like, the whole, uh, the whole go vote and we are the biggest, like, 
we're the game-changing generation like Mm -hmm. sort of sentiment these days and like I've been in a really I've been in a place where I haven't really liked it like I've been fueled by a lot of hate for things rather than like appreciation and love for like I don't know communities people Mm -hmm. um which is to say I've become more disaffected and hating liberals and hating Republicans, hating everything, really, mm-hmm. believing that everything is a conspiracy, you know. Megan, I, I that's know that a I'm, very dark place to yeah, be in. Yeah, I, I, but, yeah, so I kind of realized that was my headspace. And, and um, yeah, I think that that's where I was at. That's probably where I still am at right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and and I can, I I don't think people should wear it outside really, mm. just because of like, why? Yeah, be careful. Something. You know, yeah. you can get arrested in Singapore for like even suggesting in any way that you're associated with the Islamic State yeah. or ISIS. Probably. People have been detained under the National Security Act. Oh dear. Yeah, and in Singapore, the National Security Act means that you can be detained without trial indefinitely. Shit because even if you are in that place of like hate and disaffection and whatnot like i think it's inappropriate and that's exactly why i thought it was funny i see and did I think, you find like, it provocative to like i didn't realize how provocative it was until i did buy it and right. then well i'm not really into moralizing people in the first place I don't think it's, like, bad of you to buy the... I think there's some things that are okay and some things that are just clearly not okay. You yeah. Know? I think... But what do you do with that not okay stuff? Like, do you scold? Do you educate? Do right you... now, I'm kind of... I don't know. Like, ever since really um, post... Like, I guess when BLM kind of died down and, like, everybody went back to doing whatever it is they were doing i was like oh my god like these movements are so much more i don't know like what i expected because like i don't think we really went through anything like the summer of 2020 like before i don't think there's been anything really like it Mm -hmm. um i don't like oh my god like these people who came guns blazing with stuff on their instagram and like going to protest and like where are they now they're not even reflecting on what they're like i remember like the when the black squares were happening i was just so angry that this was what people were choosing to do and i was like you know being (sighs) in a way libby as hell or whatever liberal Mm. as hell and then i don't know the whole movement i don't know the hollowness of people i'm not saying the movement is hollow i'm saying the people who are kind of movement adjacent you know who are casually affiliated with yeah which is not to say that i'm like i stand by it but i mean like i think i think more critically than some people that i was seeing post black squares and stuff Mm -hmm. and i was like how have you forgotten what you were preaching allegedly mm-hmm. so then well that's why social media is mm-hmm. just trash it's really we need to we need to deplatform. 
We need to decline. Because it's not an accurate picture of the world. Yeah. Or of people's heads. Like, to an extent it is, of course. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe or because i see in my social media that that work is still ongoing you Mm -hmm. know especially within you know my chosen medium the theater yeah i i followed this critic who has started a bipoc critic circle Mm -hmm. and who teaches young poc and black p and indigenous you know black people to become critics to change and shake up that Mm -hmm. that um genre of writing criticism of theater and culture and whatnot and because they believe that that's an important way to address some of the systemic issues right and obviously like i guess that's not everyone but i do feel somehow that you're right in saying that this whole blm this summer was unlike anything we've seen in our life in terms of how global and how Mm -hmm. widespread it was but I also am not sure whether social media is built to sustain something like that long term. So something like that kind of political and civic engagement. Unfortunately, I don't think that that's what social media was ever built to do. So I think expecting it to be that way is because, you know, there also was this cynicism about sharing. I experienced some cynicism when people when I would see like 20 of the same mm-hmm. infographic on my Instagram stories and you know not to say that it was bad of people to do that I think it was beautiful and amazing but I really thought to myself like who is engaging with this who of my 800 or so followers hasn't already seen this before and will actually click on it because I don't have a lot of conservatives following me I don't think a lot of my friends have a lot of conservatives following mm-hmm. me yeah but then again it's not necessarily a thing of like get the other side to agree with you i don't know honestly is it about uniting the country or uniting society is it about everyone being able to say and think what they want as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else how do we address some of these problems are these things even problems are they just like i don't know i really don't have any of the answers yeah i think it was really hard like i think so many questions arise from this summer and like the social justice movement you know as time put it they i can't believe they couldn't have the balls to say blm you know they were like time person of the year the social justice like activists but they could have very easily done like george floyd and the protests that sparked from it you know like they very easily could have named george floyd because i think so many people were unanimous in agreeing that that was unfit like that was wildly racist and like I think I saw like Republicans like kind of getting behind that messaging if even if they wouldn't be anti-cop they would at least say something's not yeah. right with that they very easily could have named George Floyd yeah I digress um yeah I guess like there's so many hard questions about social me- media and like the individual's role in addressing their own racism and I just felt like things weren't people weren't really I don't know I don't think people were critical of themselves enough I think people Mm. and that left me really hollow and instead of you know because no one likes to do that yeah no one likes to sit with that all the time it's it's like it's it's hard for other people and it's hard to do that and like still feel happy and still feel hopeful in some ways and just and 
not feel guilt and i know people will say oh that's oppressor's guilt that's white guilt or whatever mm-hmm. but it's like i mean you know people gotta live yeah i don't know i'm i do want to preface everything i'm just like spitballing here yeah this was not this was all this is all improv this, this, I mean, this, this was planned. not planned <laughs> it's really tough and i think it's yeah. no i think it's okay for us to be discussing it like this if anyone listening has any thoughts let us know (laughs) for example my friend dawn i think you made a joke about communism in like one of the previous episodes or something i know what i said what did you say i said uh to be like something like what's wrong with being communist right right and he was not pleased with that because he's from hungary where they have like a very fraught history with that word and you know i think I think it's okay to have disagreeal disagreement and I think it's okay mm-hmm. to feel upset by what people say. Mm-hmm. But I think we just need to be open and communicative. And maybe a lesson that I've been trying to learn recently personally is like when I disagree with someone trying to think of other ways to proceed where I'm not just trying to convince myself and maybe them that I am morally and intellectually superior and correct and they are morally and intellectually inferior and wrong. Mm. Because I feel like that's how I've been taught to settle my disputes and my disagreements. To assert your intellectual dominance. To assert just my moral dominance more than anything. Your rationality. Yeah, but obviously most of what I say is completely emotional. Yeah, I'm completely 100% feelings and fear and hate-based ultimately this is one big fucking joke of a world yeah i think like the harder questions become to answer i think the more i withdraw Mm. and so like i think that turned me into a more like critical rather than action-based person Mm -hmm. does red scare give you any sort of joy (laughs) does red scare give me joy i mean like i think oh would buying their merch serve as an antidote to any of your feelings about the way the world has become honestly like i didn't really think of it like in a very deep level like i just was like i think this is aesthetically kind of funny okay because you know what is the connection between isis and a dumb podcast started by two girls in brooklyn yeah and i guess it's because you exist within a specific universe a corner or pocket of this world where you are familiar with red scare and culturally read and culturally well read and it's all couched in an understanding of what red scare is right yeah but to the maybe 50 i don't know who because like how many people listen to red scare like fifty thousand people maybe is that a lot more a lot more? Probably. I think probably. Oh my more. god. Okay, well, there's 7 billion people. So, okay, let's say 100,000 <laughs> yeah, people. How many people? Other than them, they see the merch and they're like, yeah. this is awful. Yeah. And so I guess it's like wondering, like, well, should our actions be pleased? Should our actions be filtered through trying to please anyone at all or trying to appease anyone at all? I don't know. I I felt like I was operating very much on the individual, like my own individual level. I I felt like this was such a small niche-ish thing that, first of all, I wasn't going to wear outside and I wasn't 
I mean, but like your side of the discourse, I'm assuming, is like that's not appropriate. No, I don't. Know. I don't. Re- I haven't even really dug into it. I just right. literally okay. searched up. I don't know. What did I see? I think I just searched up Red Scare to see what people on Twitter were talking about. <laughs> and it was all the merch. And stuff. it was all about merch. And I was like, oh my god, what did I miss? I was so mad did that you I missed see the something. Merch? I saw some photos of it. Yeah. But a lot of I feel like a lot of discourse has been deleted. I've been a bit too late to the party. Mm. I can't really find that much. But what I was really interested in is like when it comes to behaving, and it comes to like a moral code. I feel like maybe we come to a point where it's become like, who will I be pissing off or offending, rather than like what do I truly believe is right and wrong? Yeah. Or how many people will I be offending? I think I enjoyed that it was a parody of a parody, and that, you know. It was all kind of meaningless, yet it felt wrong, and that yeah. excited me somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think you should give Red Scare Girls any money. <laughs> That's my take. I mean, I mean, I feel good that I don't subscribe to the Patreon. Okay, they're least. so cynical, Megan. Yeah, I they're think like so. I told you that listening to them makes me sad. Like, genuinely puts me in a bad mood because they're just so mean. Like, I just don't under- like. I don't know. Maybe I'm too like naive and like. Um, I don't want to say innocent because I don't feel innocent ever, but like, <laughs> you know, they're just so caustic. Yeah, I think I I never listen to them to to listen to the take that I think is correct. I listen to their very specific, their own brand, and I want to know what they think. Like out of like some sort of morbid curiosity you Mm -hmm. know and then i pick up on things that i wouldn't have known about otherwise yeah as well like their weird fringe art or like yeah you know that's fair enough okay let's move on what else is there to discuss um nobody listens to our podcast anymore except for the guy who hates communism (laughs) we can edit that out (laughs) no it's okay um yeah well i'm sorry yeah, I think he knows that you didn't mean it. Well, I mean, that's just more like the the fear of associating art with communism has been so long standing. Mm-hmm. I think like I was wondering what your commune, what they were afraid of, like mm. what was it out of fear or hatred for communism that they didn't want to be associated with. I think it was out of a certain... I mean, in Singapore, you know, there was the Marxist conspiracy yeah. and yeah. Operation Spectrum and, like, 20, 20 or more people, including artists and civil war- mm-hmm. society members and activists were just arrested out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I think in Singapore, there is this kind of anxiety about anything related to communism, the commune, any sort of thing like that. But um, I think... Obviously, just words have different contexts for different people. Like, I remember at Pearson, I lived in East House, and we had, like, a kind of communist-esque thing going for us in terms of the way that we decided to do things and everyone pitched in. And, like, it was... Yeah. That was the kind of vibe, you know? And it was repeated a lot in my first year. Oh, you know, we're the communist house, and our house color was red. And so we, like, had, like, I think a communist star and like we use symbols and we put them on the wall and stuff and so there was one exact symbol that was very not so much big brand communism like not the star but um 
<laughs> like you know, big wide, communism. wide, wide. I don't know what word I'm I trying to look that. for. I love big communism. Like the overarching communism, yeah. but more specifically Soviet communism. Uh-huh. I can't remember what the symbol is. Uh huh. I feel like it's an animal or horse or. Oh, sickle, sickle and hammer. I think the sickle and, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, is that not the big communism? I think that's no. I think it's communism. like more related to. Well, anyway, for one of my housemates, that symbol, the sickle and not yeah. the bolt, what I, oh my god, no, I'm so gay. It's the hammer, and the, the hammer and the sickle yeah. was indicative of a very dark time in their country's history. Yeah. And of course, to the rest of us who weren't Eastern European, it was like something to joke about, like, oh, we're communists. But for her, probably, you know, who's had family members one or two generations away who were mm-hmm. living under that regime and, you know, experiencing awful things under that regime it was not funny at all and mm-hmm. brought up awful reminders and so i suppose it's like i think it's like that for my friend from hungary as well you know it's and i can understand where that's coming from mm-hmm. but um i'm also like i don't know yeah it's difficult to be i think critical of like Western capitalism or any type of capitalism, really, without leaning communist, yeah. I think, in But, my opinion. You know, even in the U.S., like people, like Vietnamese immigrants hear socialism, yeah, like, and they're like, "What the fuck? We ran that. away from that." But I don't know. I that's an interesting thing because it's like, will history repeat itself? Are they right, or will we be able to overcome the foils of these rage of of these like? ideologies it's like yeah like every time we go to like an asian mall and it's like very it's like a very vietnamese area like it's always the south vietnamese flag and you know there's all these twitter asians who i don't know say oh you use that flag whatever whatever but like i mean like i think like just my perspective just way more critical of you know the imperialism and the economic oppression from the west that created those conditions really interesting so i i'm not that's why I, i think like i'm not well read enough to talk about this it's just like the baseline is that america or like europe is west europe is the basis of most evils and creation of i don't know whatever hardship there is in the global south mm. and everywhere else really that isn't you know yeah. NATO <laughs> just I'm more of a yeah I'm more of a I'm yeah I think but it's it's mostly agreed that most I think like most people I meet nowadays are pretty much socialist mm. like people socialist though not communist pretty much socialist mm. yeah but who cares I'm okay. disaffected now Mm, yeah, you are. Well, yeah. we did four months of this podcast. We have, and who knows where it'll go? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, this is episode ten. Is it? Oh yeah. It's a little I, late I in the recording. Uh, to say I love the we did it, Joe <laughs> transition. That was really good. Thank you. Should, you know how like queer people in Singapore always carry tote bags, like yeah. camps tote bags. Yes. I don't see that joke being made enough. That queer people always carry tote bags. Yeah, in Singapore, like I'm just tote bag queer. I don't see that joke enough. I've never seen that joke. Yeah, I need to make that joke, and it'll go viral. 
Yeah, no, I was um, at the at the theater works. Mm-hmm. So many tote bags, <laughs> so many canvas tote bags, <laughs> and like whenever I carry a canvas tote bag, because I have that. Have you seen it? The one canvas tote bag I have, the Modern no. Love canvas no, tote bag. No, I haven't seen it. Drink every time you hear canvas tote bag. But <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they think I'm queer too. I'm sure they do. Oh, I'm glad. Anytime I see a man with a tote bag, I know. Yeah. I know what's up. What's cooking. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, anything else to say, Megan? We kind of covered a lot. I knew this was going to cover a lot. I really did. I don't like it when white people teach me yoga. Oh. Have, <laughs> have, have a lot of white people been teaching you yoga? Like two lately. Why do you not like it? I don't know. It feels a bit lame. Mm. It feels a bit silly. I don't mm. know how to des- describe it. Um, I know that's not like particular. I think that's a very s- small brain take. No, that's but, like, okay. It feels dumb. It feels especially dumb. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I know why. Because I can picture their like spiritual journey that transformed them from an everyday Westerner to a to a spiritual to a spiritual westerner to a spiritual one <laughs> you know and i imagine the corny things they said to people on their journey mm. and i just dislike it mm. and then i don't i don't know what to think anymore yeah yeah i think picturing their spiritual journey is pretty lame to me mm-hmm. i think picturing anyone's spiritual journey is kind <laughs> of hard to think about and i the only thing i will say about <laughs> spiritual journeys is if you're gonna have one keep it all social media because i don't want to see that shit <laughs> as soon as it goes on instagram i don't believe it anymore yeah i'm thinking about what alex from australia is you know like who this woman who taught me yoga this morning oh, she's gosh. like you named and shamed her you named located and <laughs> shamed her <laughs> you doxed I mean, her like, sort of wow. yeah sort of don't say the yoga studio. Um, I yeah. said don't say the yeah. yoga studio. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. Then I think about, like, is it lame when Chinese people teach yoga? Because that's not really their culture either. <sighs> Another count of worms. Um, yeah. But anyways. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Anything else to say? This is like Quaker Church. You just announce what you're thinking. I really want to go. Oh, it's I went to see so Fleabag, good. the play. Oh, what? Wait, what? What was so good? Quaker Church. You went to Quaker Church? Yes, I when? went 10 years ago in New York. 10 years ago? And I still remember it. Why did you Why did you go to Quaker Church when you were like 10 years old? I know, it was so fucking boring. <laughs> but like, and at the time I definitely didn't appreciate it, but now I think about it all the time. I um, think there's there's a Quaker Church in Singapore. I, I googled really? it. Really? Yeah. You should go. Cuz of I I saw it in Fleabag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's in Fleabag yeah, right, where like she stands up and says sometimes I wonder if I would be such a feminist if I had bigger if tits. If I had bigger tits. And I got to say as a woman of I don't large know. endowment as a woman with a huge with a horse cock and monster tits big mommy milkers i don't know if my feminism has ever been affected by my tits okay but it probably has been and i just haven't realized it mm-hmm. um yeah. 
So totally I went to see like, Fleabag. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a feminist. I don't want men to see. <gasps> I have to show you the... Okay. Wait, no, I will keep recording. But I gotta show you this this message I got from a man. Can I read that? That I went on a... Yeah, 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 yeah. That you went on a what? I went on a date with a year and a half ago. And I had, like, the most weirdest exchange with... This was recently. Yeah. Free this... Fee this Friday. I'm not. Also, I have a boyfriend still. I know, I'm not trying to fuck you. I'm interested in you beyond your tits, though they are very nice. Zooming in on the profile picture all tells us nothing. He's Who white. is this? He's white. That's He's so a, strange. a year older than me at Yale and US. I went on a date with him a year and a half ago. So, it, like, I feel like I was thinking about whether to say that I have a boyfriend. Because it's like, okay, because I haven't known him in any other context than. No, no, I've been on a date with him. Yeah. So I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. So then. Uh. But, yeah. So that's what you said. Yeah, so I said that, and then he said that, and then I was like, okay, there's no way I can construe this to be, like, an appropriate thing to say to a person that you're not trying to fuck, apparently. Wait, so, so you think that's not appropriate? I mean, it's just like, there's no need to say my tits are nice, you know? There's no need. <laughs> what the fuck? There's no need. Okay. I think there was really... That's not really a neutral thing to say. Do you think so? Why do people need to be neutral? You're right. It was just kind of crossing a boundary that I wasn't really. That's fair. Ready to share with a person I've only met That's once fair. or twice IRL. Yeah. It's like a very like confident white man thing to say. Yeah, my theory is that they harass you so that if you get with them, they're like, "Yes, I harassed her and I still got with her." Like sort yeah, of a. It's so weird. Sort of a. Uh, I went to see Fleabag the play. Yes, sorry. My third time trying to <laughs> introduce this topic. It was so good. It was so good. She's so funny and such a good actress. When what? When did you go see this? I watched the screening at the Esplanade, like two oh, weeks, like one week ago. Or a something. screening. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've also been to a few plays since then, since our last play. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Still. So you saw Cafe. Yeah, I saw Cafe. I I also met with the playwright of Cafe. Mm-hmm. Did you think Cafe was better than the plastic bag one? What was it Ooh, called? Mine. I don't think it was better. Do you think it was on par? I think it was better written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is its second production. So I think the first time around, probably there was better development, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I liked Cafe. My friends didn't, though, but I did a lot. Mm-hmm. I also went to see Candide by Young and Wild. Mm-hmm. And I really loved that. Can- it's such an interesting adaptation because the playwright has like taken the original story and like made an entirely new play which carries some of the themes and characters. What was it a... Was it a rewrite of something? Yeah, so Candide is like this 18th century novel by Voltaire about a man who's like searching for optimism and and whatever. It's like philosophical, basically. Sounds so fun. (laughs) (laughs) But this production was really interesting. And then Uh a local reviewer gave it two stars, which I thought was really mean. It was really mean and unfair. I feel bad for them. They, they don't deserve two stars. Wild. Two stars is really, like, harsh, I felt. And also the yeah. review was really nondescript. And <laughs> it just felt like he was not engaging with the work. Yeah. And I was like, why review this? Yeah. You're not, you're not even documenting anything about it, right? Because mm. I think criticism can be valuable to the artist, valuable to the audience, or valuable to the culture, the canon. Yeah. And I don't think he did any it's of It's all those. about recorded history, I think. Yeah. Started watching The Prom, but oh. yeah, James Corden, I really can't stand his face. Yeah. Or what he's doing. 
So I think it might be affected by how many headlines I've read, which is like James Corden ruined the prom for me or whatever. Yeah, I just can't watch it. Like it's so Ryan upsetting Murphy's to me. Just like big queer, you know, like you know how there's like <laughs> he's Papa big, queer, big pharma. Yeah. <laughs> Dead. Well, we still haven't watched Euphoria. Next episode, we're gonna watch yeah. the new episode. I heard Euphoria. it's not interesting at all. <laughs> oh my god. We can debate. We can debate. Anyway, yeah. goodbye, and listeners. That's right. We hit you with another weekly episode, <laughs> and you are welcome for that. Weekly. Oh, oh, oh.